don't fit in for the sake of fitting in. Don't copy other people. Don't don't be boring because, you know, being the same as everybody else, you're never going to stand out and no one's going to talk about you and no one's going to remember you. Finding what makes you or your brand stand out is the mission of Steve Pratt's new endeavor, the Department of Differentiation. Launched with partners Jennifer Awano, one of Pratt's former co-founders of Pacific Content, and executive strategist Deborah Call, the new company aims to help organizations set themselves apart in the crowded consumer landscape, offering what they're calling competitive differentiation strategy. We welcome Steve Pratt to this episode of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast, to talk about finding value in the weird and how his background in branded podcast content Content is now informing his new work. Hi, I'm Steve Pratt. I'm a longtime uh, Canadian uh, media person. I have been obsessed with telling stories and making those stories really interesting and different and memorable. Like since I was a kid in school, making weird creative writing things and doing bizarre speeches, and uh, it led me into a really interesting career in television, where I did a lot of. Uh, local news. I did, you know, work in children's programming at YTV. I worked at uh, Much Music for for a while. And then I spent about a decade in a digital audio innovation lab at CBC called uh, Radio 3, where we played around a lot with how to build new audiences and communities online and how to get people to discover new and emerging music and support Canadian music. And uh, I started podcasting at CBC Radio 3 in 2005 which then transitioned into my next adventure in 2014, where I uh, was a co-founder in a podcast company called Pacific Content, which most people thought was a really bad idea at the time. It was a, a podcast company before podcast companies were a thing. And we, we were even weirder that we specialized in only working with brands and helping turn them into media companies. But it actually turned into a really interesting, fun business. And we, we, we grew it and sold it to Rogers in uh, 2019. And uh, I left and have been consulting with a, a lot of different creative industries and, and podcast companies for, uh, for the last year and a half. So your first venture after leaving Pacific Content was launching the creativity business, which is more focused on content and business strategy for the creative industries. Where does the work of the creative business stop and differentiation strategy begin? Well, it's interesting. I... I so I had a, a bunch of time off to kind of figure out what my next adventure was going to be after after Pacific Content, and I realized that I liked both the business side and the the creative side, and that you can't really have one without the other if you're if you're actually uh, making a business. But I was doing it all alone, and as I had conversations with other people over the last year and a half, two of my favorite people have actually been doing very similar work. To what I was doing. Uh, one of them is my former Pacific Content co-founder, Jenny Iwano. Uh, and one is uh, actually just a very good friend who's a really smart leadership and executive strategist named Deb Call. And we kind of realized that we were all doing this thing of looking into businesses that were stuck in some way or having problems or figuring out how to stand out a bit more. And that we were helping figure out a clean path where they eliminated a lot of their competition by leaning into who they actually were at their core and then use a lot of creativity to figure out messaging to tell people what made them special in a way that they would remember and that would resonate. So 
we got together and, and launched this new venture uh, called the Department of Differentiation, which is a, a very, what it sounds like, we, we help companies differentiate themselves, but it still has at the core of it, this, you know, these two ideas of business or, or strategy and creativity. I want to talk about the branding of the Department of Differentiation because there's some very intentional, and I'm going to call it Steve Illuminati meets J. Edgar Hoover era FBI meets James Bond type references here. Tell me about this mythology behind this business. I love the way you described it. I, I, I'm going to have to uh, transcribe that and put it somewhere because that was a wonderful description. Thank you. You know, we there is a part of it where if you're a company called the Department of Differentiation, you kind of have to walk the walk uh, and be differentiated yourself. And I think part of what, you know, we're, we're trying to communicate is when people have an interaction or a touch point with you, it should be something where they understand what you're about and it should be something that's memorable and, and that, you know, they're going to want to tell other people about. And so we really leaned into that uh, where we have, uh, again, a, a, a kind of an interesting mix, I think, of something that feels a little bit like an old school government department that might be buried in a basement of a giant building somewhere. But there's also some really unusual elements, like maybe it's Roswell or the Illuminati or, you know, <laughs> or something like that, that kind of reflects that strategy and creativity piece as well. But it's been fascinating since we put it out, we've had so much feedback on it. And I, I should give a a full public shout out. We worked with a designer named Marcus Reland on it, and he did a phenomenal job pulling it all together of like this crazy seal, you know, almost like a government seal and all the website and our documents look like they've been photocopied and pulled out of manila folders from the fifties and things. It's uh, it's been a ton of fun making it. I want to talk about the value of being quote unquote weird, which you've referenced already a few times. How does that play into differentiation strategy? Well, I, I love the word weird. I'm not suggesting I should have a big caveat. I'm not suggesting that everybody has to be weird, but I will say weird has served me very well uh, for my, my whole career. And I, and I think I lean into, you know, kind of the fun part of weird of being different than other people. Just a total aside, when, you know, I mentioned I worked at YTV early in my career. When I worked there, their station tagline was keep it weird. And there was no more fun thing than making content for children where the goal was to be weird. And I, I still look back on that as a, as a creative highlight. And I think those are things that people remember and talk about because they're unusual. Maybe just to go back to that caveat, when I say weird, it doesn't mean you have to put on you know an orange outfit every time you go to work or wear a wig or be bizarre on social media. I, I think what it means is don't fit in for the sake of fitting in. Don't copy other people. Don't don't be boring because you know being the same as everybody else. You're never going to stand out, and no one's going to talk about you, and no one's going to remember you. Lean into who you actually are, and I think everybody's in, at their core. There's something that is interesting or unusual or weird about you as an individual or as a company, and championing that and helping people understand what makes you interesting and special is what's actually going to make a better business for you. Differentiation strategy goes well beyond the bounds of traditional branding, looking at things like culture building and social psychology. Why, why is that important? I think that, you know, if you just do messaging or, or, or branding without actually addressing what the things are that make you different, 
it's going to ring hollow and it's not going to be true. And, you know, when, when I was talking earlier about, you know, you, you need to have a, a mix of strategy and creativity, you have to start with the, the strategy piece and figure out who you actually are, what are your values, what is your voice, what are the experiences or the knowledge base that you have or the team members that you have that make you special and interesting and why do you exist as a business? You know, what, what is your purpose and what are the problems that you exist to solve for others? Who are you serving? You know, how specific is your target audience? And can you make that even more specific in a way that makes you different or unusual compared to other people? And even questions like, what, you know, what are you offering to solve that problem or to achieve your purpose? And how are you doing it? All of those things are not really messaging or, or marketing or branding or positioning. It's more around what are all the different ways that you might make a different type of business than your competitors. And you may be already doing some of those things and not leaning into it and not aware of it and not telling people about it. Um, that's been one of the really interesting insights, you know, from the last, uh, you know, year and a bit of, of doing some of this work individually, a lot of people, the answers are there. It's just that it's, you're so close to it that you don't realize some of the things that are really interesting about your business or the fact that you have a really interesting, you know, set of expertise or a focus that other people don't have. And it doesn't show up on your website or in your messaging in any way that helps your potential customers understand that. So with your founders' respective backgrounds in media and podcasting, how is that influencing the work you're doing? And is there a lot of transferable crossover from some of the branding work you did at Pacific Content? Yeah, you know, it's really interesting. In some way, working at Pacific Content, plugging into a lot of really big companies to help them figure out what a podcast strategy is, it was a little bit like, like an MBA school of going into all these different companies and figuring out how they work and what their problems are or how their brands are trying to be positioned and then developing a creative strategy to, to bring that to life. You know, it's almost like a, the, the creativity solves the business problem. Very few people are making a podcast just to have a podcast. They're, there's a job they're hiring the podcast to do. And that's the problem that needs to be solved with creativity. And I think balancing something that delivers the business result with something that people are actually going to be excited to listen to is, is the really hard part of that strategy work. And at the end of the day, almost every company we work with, not all of them, but, but a huge percentage of them made podcasts for brand positioning or brand awareness to help people understand who is this company and what do they stand for and what do they like and what makes them interesting. And that if you make a real show, that's not talking just about yourself or your own products or services, but the things that you're interested in or the things that you know that you think would be valuable to share with other people, you get to earn lots and lots of time with people where they opt in because you've made something valuable for them. And then they get to know who you are because they're spending lots of time with you over and over and over again. And then when they think of you, they think about all the things that you've put out in your podcast or your content strategy or those sorts of things. And that, you know, kind of cements your positioning in their mind relative to who the other people they might choose if they ever have a need to do business with, you know, you or your competitors. So oddly, a lot of the work of making podcasts is very well suited to doing this differentiation work because you're trying to make a differentiated podcast that talks about, you know, in, in a very generous way, who your company is and, and what you stand for and, and all those uh, good things. 
One of the things that you highlighted for me is that as a company, you're focusing on face-to-face collaboration, not remote and hybrid. Why are you going that route when so many others are moving in the total opposite direction? Well, it's a great differentiation strategy, first of all. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, um, Yeah, we have honestly, we all miss that piece of being in the room with a lot of people collaborating and real time. And, you know, when we did this work in the podcasting industry, we would book two or three days and go down to a client's office and be in a room with a whiteboard. And the magic always happened in that room because we had extended time together and we were able to like read each other's reactions and spitball and brainstorm in a way that is not a one hour Zoom call, you know, stretched over, you know, like one hour a, a day for two weeks or something like that that intense piece of being in the room and getting to know each other and collaborating with each other and building on each each other's ideas always leads to big aha moments. And it felt to us like that we know that that works and that that's one of the things that's missing in today's kind of remote or hybrid workplace. And when I think about the reasons why, you know, where Zoom is amazing or, or remote work can be amazing, you need the right reasons to get together in person and building a strategy and collaborating and digging into like who you are, you know, and, and shaping the future of your business to build the best version of your business. That's one of those things that in person is always going to trump remote. You've already touched on this a bit in terms of podcasting, but how could all of this apply to the creative industries, including broadcasting? I, th- I think it's, it's about figuring out what makes you interesting or, or or special and whether you're a podcasting company or whether you're a radio station or whether you're a local news website, everybody is just inundated with options on the other end of it, uh, on the audience side or the consumer side. And I think everybody, everybody needs help. You know, if you're, if you're stuck or you're in a really tight competitive environment, figuring out something that is going to stand out to those people to make them choose you instead of other people, or that they're going to remember the thing that's different about you. Even if it's something that helps them realize that you're not the right person for them. So that you're not wasting time on people that you're not going to be a great fit with. I think that's really important. And I think, you know, maybe particularly in the creative industries, because the output is often storytelling or entertainment or information, thinking about what your experience is on the other like, you know, when, when you're actually putting out content to put it out through that lens feels to me like something that's going to build a much more loyal audience and earn a lot more attention when you're different rather than the same, or when you have a unique point of view, when you have a unique voice, or you tell stories through a certain lens, or you choose different types of stories because of who you are. I've been writing a book about some of this also in the last year. And one of my favorite examples that I've been thinking about is Nardwar, the human serviette. I think about like a, just through a creative industries point of view, how many interviewers are there out on the planet doing interviews, either in podcasts or video or you name it? And how many celebrity interviews are done year after year where it's the same questions being asked to the same people or you hear an interview and it's forgettable? We got a guy here in Vancouver who is world famous by leaning into exactly who he is and doing things very different than anybody else and getting amazing, memorable responses from some of the most interesting people in the world. I, I look at him and being like, man, if there's so many lessons that can be learned by rethinking what is interesting or following your own curiosity or figuring out how to do things that you're interested in and 
putting that out into the world through through that lens that other people will react to that precisely because you're differentiated. Do you think the industry's woken up to this idea or ready to embrace it? Because we sort of went through this period of time where, you know, really cookie cutter announcers staying within a very tight format was was what a lot of program directors were after. Well, on the radio side, I'm not going to claim to be a world expert on the radio side. I don't want to uh, second guess any any program directors. I can only talk as a listener and just say that if I can't tell your radio station from anybody else's and all your on-air personalities sound the same because they all have announcer voice or morning show voice and they all have the same types of beds of music, and you're all playing the same songs, there's no reason for me to choose you over anybody else. And the ones that do things differently are the ones that pop and the ones that other people tell each other about. No one talks about generic things that are interchangeable. And I know it's a really hard business. Uh, I'm not suggesting that it's not a really hard business and that there's a lot of reasons why there are efficiencies and borrowing of a lot of best practices in that industry. But if I think about why things like podcasting are taking share away from radio or why things like TikTok are growing so much, it's because there's a lot of really strong individual voices and things that are not formatted and not generic. At this point in your career, are you really carefully choosing who you decide to work with? Can you talk about anyone you're working with currently or is it too soon, Steve? Uh, it's too soon. We're like, we are working with a group of people and we're close to getting some stuff, but I, um, I probably should have asked permission before, before doing an interview about whether I could talk about this. I mean, I'll take a pass on sharing who they are, but I, I think your question is bang on. Oddly, all three of, of us, myself and Jenny and Debbie are at a stage where we're really, really interested in just working on interesting problems with interesting, nice, fun people. None of us are, are in this to scale it as much as possible and figure out how big this can get. It's the actual work and the process that is the fun part for us. And, you know, it's a real privilege to get invited into somebody's business with full transparency to help figure out what an exciting path forward is or what, you know, a new chapter for business can look like that is a more focused, you know, best possible version of that business. And so you want to make sure that it's a really good fit before you start working with people that you, you know, that they're open and fun and that there's a really interesting problem to solve. So yeah, I, great question. My sense from reading your blogs, which we, I'll, I'll let you plug at the end of this, but my sense is that, that really at this stage of life, you're more interested in creativity in that process than anything else. You know what? You're right. And I, I think that the creative process is, you know, if I would go back to the way we started the, the show of talking about my, just this lifelong enjoyment of telling stories that are somehow different or memorable or interesting to people. The creativity is the piece that, that impacts people the most when you can surprise people with something that is unexpected, or if you can continually deliver surprising insights or value, or if you can violate people's expectations in a really positive way by doing something differently it just made me realize, you know, there's there's so much out there vying for people's attention and there's so many people trying shortcuts or hacks to try and hijack attention or interrupt it or buy it or steal it. And I'm really, really leaning into this idea of earning attention by creating value. And it's the most, I think attention is the most valuable commodity in the world. And 
not enough people are brave enough to acknowledge that it takes hard work and patience and creativity to actually earn someone's attention. And yet that's where all the magic happens is when you get people who understand you're creating something special and they offer to give you lots of their time on an ongoing basis. When you get invited into somebody's, you know, attention cave, it's the most magical thing that a business and certainly a creative industries business uh, can achieve. And I think maybe we've lost sight of that and that there's a, a path to double down on it going forward. And earning attention will be the focus of this book that you're working on, right? Yeah, it, it's tentatively titled Earn It. Uh, <laughs> um, and it's, it's a, a book of unconventional strategies for brave marketers. And a, a lot of that is the counterintuitive thing of like doing the opposite of a lot of the status quo and whether that is differentiation or whether it is doing the hard work of strategy first or whether it is putting time into building an audience with smart marketing strategies or having patience of doing the right thing over the long term rather than trying to chase super short-term results. They're all things that I have learned over and over and over and over again, and whether it's in a media career or working with some really amazing global brands on their marketing strategies. They feel like they're immutable truths uh, that have somehow been buried a little bit and need to be resurfaced. Is there a thought you want to close on, Steve? I just that I'm really excited. You know what? It sounds silly. I, I had this podcasting business uh, that I absolutely loved and lived and breathed. And at the end of the journey, I was pretty crispy and burned out. It was like, it, it was a, it was an amazing journey and I needed some recovery time at the end of it. I feel like I have like a real fire in my belly that I'm excited about this. And it's the first thing I've been excited about in a really big way since I, since I was uh, started the podcasting business. And to me, it's a really good sign that there's a lot of interesting problems to solve and a lot of interesting people to do it. And it feels like something that really resonates and where the, the timing for this is right, that there's a lot of businesses that are looking for help in figuring out how to stand out. So I don't know, I guess, I guess not really a closing message other than um, I'm really excited about it. And thanks for having the chat. It's really nice to talk to you. Absolutely. I want you to plug your Substack, and I would really encourage everybody to go visit the department of differentiation website, which is departmentofdifferentiation.com, because you can visualize what we've been talking about. Go ahead, Steve. Yeah, the Substack is creativitybusiness.substack.com. And it's uh, every couple of weeks, something comes out around how to earn attention, uh, usually through the lens of uh, content and marketing and strategy. Thanks so much for joining us, Steve. Thanks for having me. It's really nice to talk to you again. For listening to Broadcast Dialogue. For more information about the podcast or to receive exclusive access to our weekly briefing about the Canadian media industry, visit us at broadcastdialogue.com. Don't forget to like us on Facebook, connect with us on LinkedIn, and follow us on Twitter and SoundCloud. Looking to make the most out of this life and optimize your personal wellness? Then check out the Natural Man Podcast. Join me, host Mike C, as we explore all areas of human wellness, physical, mental, and emotional. Learn strategies to optimize your own well-being and be in the driver's seat of your own health. Remember, your doctor works for you. Learn biohacks, neurohacks, ways to improve sleep, and ways to optimize your body and your mind. Check us out on Apple, Spotify, the Fountain app, and at naturalmanpodcast.com.